Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Christine Martin. Christine Martin is a best-selling author and a passionate speaker. She and her family minister to the Motor City Church in the Detroit metro area, where she devotes her time to helping others come to know Jesus in a personal and life-changing way. And now, Christine Martin will teach on how to live in peace instead of being stained by the residues that life can leave on your heart. She'll explain how to navigate some common heart issues like bitterness, fear, and condemnation. Let's dive into the message. How many of you have ever gone through what I would call a rut in life? You're like, oh Lord, let's keep this light and be encouraging. Well, don't worry, we will. But I want to tell you some of my stories in hopes that you could identify because I really believe when I was praying that just prompted on my heart that sometimes we deal with residue. And if we have residue, it keeps us from the promises. Nothing would hinder us from the love or the lack of tapping into God's presence, right? We can tap in at any given moment, but sometimes the Holy Spirit does ask us for deal with issues of the heart. How many of you have ever dealt with condemnation, guilt? Don't worry, we won't call you out. Fear, anybody ever dealt with fear? Oh my gosh, I used to have a fear of spiders, like big, massive, huge tarantulas. So I decided that I was gonna go to the zoo and I took one of those tarantulas out and I'm like, oh my God, like it was on me and it was like, I had the heebie-jeebies, like I wanted to sanitize my arm when I was done, but I did it and I let them, and I'm like, okay, put them back, I can do this. And my the adrenaline was pumping, I did it again to overcome fear, but that was just one fear. Anger Anybody ever dealt with anguish? And that is just a severe mental or physical pain. Anybody ever deal with bitterness? Or am I the only person? Like there were some chicas I would look at and I'm like... (laughs) Like I knew what God said that I'm supposed to love your neighbors, but I'm like, they don't need to come shopping with me. Think not. I will love you from afar, sister. You know, or my marriage, there was a season when my marriage was on the rocks and I just wanted to kill Dave until God, I found him dead. I'm like, I don't know what happened to the sucker. I just walked in and found him there. I don't know. Let's just get on with it. And then there were other times when I just could see all these creepy women. Come on, women, we know. We can spot a sister out, right? We can spot her out when you're like, oh, they're so night right with her. Now, our radar might go up, but our heart is to stay the same. So just because I had this crazy radar, I was looking at this one individual and I allowed bitterness to get in my heart. I was dealing with anguish and fear and guilt and condemnation and so many issues. And I felt like, I just wanted to look and be like, I have been working this block for a long time, sister. Back off, like to the left. I felt like Beyonce or whoever the girl sang that. I don't listen to that music, but you get my point. So attitudes of the heart. And so the Holy Spirit had to really deal with me. And it's not like I heard this, Christine, this is God. You have an ugly heart. Like, no, that's ridiculous. Like he doesn't eat breakfast with me and he's just come down. Oh, let's have some fruit loops. No, but I believed in my heart that it was ugly. Anybody identify, right? You're like, don't point at her. That is not nice. Someone's over there like, 
We are, it's a sister night. We're supposed to love one another and be free. So you're in a really safe place. But I did not understand some of the things that I'm telling you now. And when we deal with our heart, now follow me, let's backtrack. Let's start with the, the, the letter F. And then when we look at attitudes of the heart, when the attitude of the heart is cluttered, then it turns to bitter waters. And once it turns to bitter waters, we're in this funky place called anguish. And then anguish comes in because we already feel bad. And then when anguish is in, then we're already afraid because we're like, oh my goodness, is how do we get ourselves in such a rut? And then, then we feel guilty, right? Because we're in a rut and we know better. We shouldn't be in a rut. And then before you know it, you feel this condemnation like, oh my gosh, I should not be in all this place. But if we would just follow the basics all the way back to the simplicity of the human heart and allow the heart to just be open and vulnerable to the Holy Spirit, he allows things to come in and shine the light and then that's where change happens. So, with all that being said, does that make sense to you? It's like if we think of our heart like this purse, which I'll give this away. Who would like this? Woo! Y'all like gifts. They like gifts. You have trained them well. So this would be my heart. And then inside my heart have, was a season where it was like, I don't know. I was tormented. I dealt with anguish and all the junk and all the drama and all the garbage. Not like emptying our purses with like a fork. Some Good girl. Someone had a fork in there. I know where I'm going if I'm hungry later. And um, all this stuff comes out of the heart. But how many of you have ever had opportunities, and I call them opportunities because we can look at them as obstacles or opportunities, where you feel like your heart is empty, where there's nothing left in there to give. Sometimes moms, you know, maybe if you've had young kids, how many have the young ones? Oh my Lord, ever hear my Costco story? Who did not hear my Costco story? I might share it for some of the newbies because it was insane and my heart was really jacked up. I needed really badly Jesus. And our, our heart gets in these places where it's empty and you feel like you can't give out anymore. And then sometimes we take our heart and we're, we just stuff it. And we're like, oh, yep, that, that's good. That's, oh, zip that up. No one's ever going to see that because, you know, it sure do look pretty. Yes, I do, doggone it. We come into church and pastor's like, how are you? You're like, fine. <laughs> Great. Just turn the music up. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, or if you're married, your husband walks in the room and he might want sex and you're like, not tonight, sucker. I got a headache. <laughs> You've had a headache for a year. I know. And it's going to be another year if you ask me one more question. <laughs> come on. Whatever it is, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. Be Cinderella, no, just be yourself. But uh, how many other times do we have moments in our life where we conceal our heart and it looks awesome on the outside? But here's the beautiful thing about the Word of God. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of it flow the issues of life. And so it's only a matter of time before it gets poofy and hard and crass. And sometimes there's just residue. And residue is what? It's just as little as this. That is teeny. But residue can jack up our heart. It can mess it up. It can cause some convoluted things or some misperceptions in your heart. And what I love about Romans 12, 18, I read this scripture about six months ago. I mean, I had read it before, but you ever have those times where you just reread a certain scripture that you've read many, many times and it's like the light bulb goes off, that aha moment? Oh, Eden, you'd appreciate this because this one particular individual, I wanted to scratch her eyes at. I was like, like, she would come around me and I'm like, oh, there's some funk on her. There's something about her. I just cannot hang out with her. And, and it's like, I felt this gentleness of Jesus going, what is wrong with you? 
Sometimes I think Jesus is up there at the right hand of the Father going, Ayave, I've created this thing. What in the world? I have all the answers. And God's like, I know, if she would just come to us, the word says, but she's thick-headed and doesn't want to. And I come from a half Scandinavian, half Italian family, Catholic family, loving Jesus, Christian now for a very, very long time. However, there was not popular to talk about your stuff. You stuff your stuff, you don't talk about it. And when we stuff it, the residue eventually seeps out. So maybe the residue in your heart could be a little angst about a situation. It could be brokenness. It could be something that you wish woulda, coulda, shoulda gone your way, and it didn't. Maybe it's a fact that you're still sitting on dreams and believing for them to come to pass, and they haven't yet. Maybe it's a business idea. Maybe it's restoration in your house or your home. Maybe some of you are single and you want to get married. Listen, the grass is not greener on the other side. You still have to water it and mow it a lot. A lot, which I love my husband and I love being married, but how many married women are like, oh yeah, we identify. There are days when I'm just like, please leave me alone. You are irritating me. And get your own coffee. <laughs> but then there are moments I know I irritate him. Okay, so I'm just, let's just be real. We're, no one's perfect. We serve a perfect God who says, in your weakness, I become your strength. Who says, if you want to deal with the residue, then I promise you, I'm going to set you up for future of purpose and for hope. How many would like to have hope all the time? Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you can't tuck your residue in tonight and zip it up and wear it well. Okay? You're going to have to dump it out and extract it. And it, sometimes it's the ugly things, the things we don't always want to deal with. But here's the beautiful thing I've learned about my journey with Jesus is that he's so beautiful and so wonderful that once we just acknowledge the aha of it, I think he just graciously comes in and helps extract it. It's not like you got to sit there for hours on the floor. Oh, God, get it out. We need an exorcism. No, he just does it. And he does it through his word. Do you believe that? So who wanted this purse? Oh, okay. Now, I could try, but I might hit her. So catch. Whoa, oh my gosh, she got it. Yay, woohoo. So now write this down, peace. I was looking at the word peace. How many of you, when you think peace, do you think tranquility, a spa, calm? How many think that when you think peace? I, I did, actually. I looked it up in the dictionary. And you think, oh, peace, it's peace. Why do you need to look peace up in the dictionary? Well, because I had my husband in a season when I was dealing with the scripture with this particular individual. Don't worry, I didn't forget, I'm tracking. I just need to give it a break because I don't want to get annoyed talking about her. No, I'm free, I'm just kidding. So, when I was dealing with the scripture about if at all possible, Romans 12, 18, if at all possible, be at peace with all people at all times. And I thought, oh, let, surely let's read it in another version. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely that, but uh, someone made that version up, not, not, pfft, that's not what it meant. So I looked it up. Let's see here, where's my other version? Oh my word, it's gotta be in here. Christine, you should have your notes organized. You're wasting your time. Oh, you are not happy when you don't walk in peace. Oh, surely let's get another version. And by the time I went through three different versions, I realized that God was really trying to teach me something. And the biggest thing he was trying to teach me was, Christine, here's what the definition of peace was. And I had to look it up. It is a freedom from disturbance. 
a freedom from war and a freedom from fighting. And once I looked it up, it just really hit me. I thought, I am warring with this individual. I am fussing with them, and it is creating havoc in my home. Anybody ever have any takers like that? Sometimes what you say can fall on deaf ears. But to be at peace with all people is possible. And what I just decided to do, and you might want to too, write this down, pursue peace at all cost. Just pursue peace. We are to be a lover of people. And I promise you, it's not always easy sometimes, but I do promise you the benefits of God are endless. When we walk in that peace that passes all understanding, the Word of God, how many believe the Bible? How many believe the Word? It's not going to happen by osmosis. You're going to have to just keep getting it in and getting it in and getting it in, and eventually it keeps coming out and coming out. It is this cycle that we have with Jesus of reading the Bible. And if you read the Bible 10 minutes a day, then just chuck it up to 15 or 20. I'm not here to bring condemnation, but if the Holy Spirit convicts you in your time, then just, okay, be Cinderella and wear the shoe because he wants the best for you at all times. And so I wrote this down. I feel like this is just kind of my little way. You can come up with a ton of different little acronyms for peace. Positive energy and contagious enthusiasm. Positive energy and not some weird like Dalai Lama stuff like you walk into a room and you pick out the chakra or the the weird aura of a room. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can give off. You ever walk into a place and you can see that someone's miserable? Someone's not happy, so be positive. Give that energy out. That's the power of Jesus operating through you. And then be a contagious individual. You know those people not at church, probably nobody here, but only in America we have crazy Fruit Loops like this. We should find an aisle nine with all the nuts and flakes. But over there we have, you know, just people that are dealing with a bad day and their energies will zap you dry, come into church and you see them coming and you're smiling and the pastor had a great sermon and worship was awesome and you're feeling like you're on cloud nine and then you see grace and you're like, oh my word, she is heading right toward me and she's like, I want to talk Christine. You're like, yeah, like you didn't see her, like you bend down and tie your shoe or something and be like, fix yourself. <laughs> And you know the sister's girl's coming to talk to you, and you just ignore her because you don't want to deal with her. Peace says, I can embrace you in my presence because I know the promises of God, and maybe this is a hookup for some purpose. So let me embrace peace and have a little chat. Now, I'm not talking about setting boundaries. There's plenty of books on that. But I am talking about peace can operate at all times in your life because it goes back to an attitude of the heart, and we don't want residue. So if you're dealing with any residue and something is knee-jerk reaction is still triggering you, then you have residue. Does that make sense? Oh, gosh, I don't want to talk about this at a girls' night. What better place than when you're with God's girls, when you're in a safe place, to be able to talk about your stuff? Now, are we going to ask you to like, write it all down and boo-hoo and cry it all out? No, I'm not asking you that, but I'm just asking you to be honest. Where is it that you feel that conviction? Where is it that you can identify, yeah, I had that? Because it can be as simple as this. I remember traveling a lot at this time. And I'll tell my Costco story really quick because I was in Costco and I was irritated and I was grouchy. And I have a pet peeve. It's gum chewing. Like, it just drives me insane. I can hear my grandmother, my redheaded Italian grandmother, like, oh, my God, I hate gum chewing. It so gets on my nerves. And I'm like, oh, you vey, me too, Grandma. In fact, I'm wearing red lipstick today as a sign of freedom because in um, 
Yeah, I'm just gonna tell, because it's a girl's night out. She would say, Christina, you look like a butana. Get rid of that Aleppo stick. And I say, huh? Oh, the faccia bella, no, faccia brutta lipstick. I said, what in the name of God? All this time, she would call me ugly face and a slut, and I never knew what it meant. <laughs> yes, that's correct, I know, don't be shocked. I was shocked when I found out for 15 years she's been calling me these labels. And so now that I love Jesus, I'm like, that's right, I'm not ugly, and I'm rocking red lipstick, Grandma, rest in peace in Jesus' name. <laughs> love you. But sometimes we say the most ignorant things without even realizing what's coming out of our mouth. And peace says, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to chase after what is right. Because according to the word, Psalm 139:24, the Bible says, and I know we all believe in the word. It says to search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, you know my heart, and then try me and know my thoughts and then see if there is any grievous way in me and then lead me to a life of everlasting. I don't ever want there to be a moment in my life when I've got ugliness in my heart because we know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks is the second time I've said it and out of it flow the issues of life. So I was in Costco, kind of forgot all this stuff that I had taught and she's chewing gum. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so irritating. Okay, I'm gonna smile. Joy, Lord's my strength. Praise the Lord. Okay, you know we do the Christianese thing in moments when we really need it the most. And my son is on my ankle, and he's like, "Mommy, I want candy. Mommy, I want candy. Mommy, I want candy." And I'm like, it was like a song, like a symphony. It was like, "Mommy, I want candy. Mommy, I want candy. Mommy, I want." You know she's irritating. Go ahead and say it. It was like, yeah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mommy, I want candy. Mommy, I want candy. Oh, go ahead and give her a piece of your mind. It's so irritating. Hurry up. You're on a time schedule. A kind word turns away wrath. And before you know it, I felt like Sybil. And all of a sudden, I looked at my son. And I'm like, Mommy said you can't have candy. And I'm like, my God, who let Sybil out of the cage? I thought she'd been delivered. <laughs> and I just thought, oh my goodness, I have no peace. And I'm so irritated. That erupting volcanic moment just, poof, just blurted right at the lady in Costco. And before you know it, of course, that wasn't good enough, right? It's just that still, oh, it's still so irritating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I made a major fool out of myself. How do I get out of this one? Ma'am, your card won't work. <laughs> And then it was like, oh my God, why is it happening? And then I became my mother in like an instant. The claw came out, but I smiled and I grabbed my son's lovely arm and I said, mommy said you can't have candy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm like, surely I won this one. And he screams at the top of his lungs. Take you away from mommy? That is exactly what's gonna happen. Go ahead and scream one more time because you can have a new mommy. That is exactly what's gonna happen. And then she looks at me, she's like, huh, your card went through. Have a great day. Oh my God. Lord Jesus, help me. I miserably failed that day in walking at peace with all people. And oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for God's grace and for his goodness. 
because my amazing, fabulous son, we sat in the vehicle, I loaded all the groceries up, and by then my adrenaline's pumping. You know what I'm talking about. If you ever got angry, it's like, there she blows. You know, it's like, oh my God, mom's in the house. I don't want my house to be like that. Maybe you need to you know, stop and, and be paying attention to your foods. Maybe you need some hormone replacement therapy. Maybe I don't know what you need. You know, maybe you need yoga. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but you need to find peace for you. And the best way is through the word of God, is through tapping into God's presence. Worship is not an event. Worship is an atmosphere that we can create. And we can create it in the grocery store, in the bathroom when we're taking a potty break, in the car when it's raining and storming outside and you feel irritated and frustrated and you're in a hurry. Just, you know, those windshield wipers are going, just be like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I don't know, you choose. You have a choice to choose victory or defeat. You know, or maybe the laundry demon shows up at your house too. Because I'm like, oh my goodness, where did all this laundry come from? And instead of just listening to that, I'm like, I just want a silent machine. That's all I need right now. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is a way where we can choose victory all the time. And my son gave me the best analogy. Isn't it amazing how our kids really teach us so much? And I have a long way to learn, you know, because I'm 45 and he's 10. And so, whoo, like, bring it on, Jesus, quick, because it's been another eight years of learning from him. So I'd rather walk in peace. And he's sitting in the car, and he doesn't say anything about the event other than this. He says, you know, Mommy, I forgive you. What I wanted to do was be like, well, all right, sucker, I forgive you. If you would have never, should have, could. And then how many times in apologies do we want to justify ourselves? Do we want to talk about it? But no, I just decided to say, you know what, Sully? Mommy acted completely inappropriate, and I was wrong. And thank you for forgiving Mommy. I just left it at that. But how many times when the light bulb is shown on our stuff, on our issues, do we want to justify it away? Do we want to have an excuse as to why it's there? Do we want to talk about all the woulda, shoulda, couldas and just dismiss it? Oh, well, well, that's for somebody else. But you know what? Jesus is gentle. He's not our genie. He's not the prince of pressure. He's the prince of peace. Peace. Peace that passes all understanding. And that was a beautiful analogy of the presence of Jesus, I think, for all of us kids as his girls. And it's like, listen, I forgive you anyway. Sometimes you just need to know, whatever, we all make mistakes. You know, it's like having, this is so rude, but it's like having a wedgie or something. You know, you just got to get it out of the way or your pantyhose don't fit right. You ever travel? How many have ever traveled? You know those little teeny bathrooms? They don't give you a whole lot of room to pee. God forbid I eat three cupcakes, my rear end wouldn't fit through the door. <laughs> and it's like traveling and it's like, I'm trying to fix myself. And they're like, I'm like oh my God, now I'm irritated and she's going to come out in just a minute, just a minute. And so... Traveling sometimes has a way of tempering me. It's like Mary Poppins. Temper, 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 just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And the medicine is the word of God. I'm like, breathe, Jesus, breathe in peace. <sighs> Exhale all the junk. Breathe in. You know, those people, come on, peace can be contagious. But there was a season when I wasn't in peace, I did not like people. I'm like, Lord, I love you, but your people get on my nerves. And he's like, oh, ditto. I'm like, what? <laughs> I must have been the bad pizza. God would never say that to me. 
So why do I say all this? Just to let you know at the very end, Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. You're responsible for your heart, not your neighbor, not someone who does you wrong. From out of it flows the springs of life. Now I've said that about four times in our time together because I am a strong believer that what you continually hear, you eventually believe. God healed my marriage, he restored my marriage, and I just really, really, really was in a dark place in my marriage. God restored how I felt in my heart towards some friends, and I was in a dark place there. I lost my virginity to a rape, I was molested from three to 13, I have scars on my legs where my father used to kick me with boot tips on. I was in and out of the governmental system, I don't know how it works here, but back in the States, you know, if they find out that the individual that's living with you is a danger, they actually extract the individual from your home. So they had taken my father and arrested him and put him in a home. Well, you would have thought my mother would have been happy. Nope, she wasn't happy. She was very angry with me and locked me out of the house. Told me, how could you do this? So I had anger issues toward my natural mom. I had anger issues toward the individuals that had molested me from 3 to 13. I had anger issues for unresolved conflict from losing my virginity to a rape. I had a lot of junk and a lot of issues. But I'm here to tell you that the Prince of Peace, Jehovah Jireh, made a way for me when there seemed to be no way because he loves us with an everlasting love. He's beautiful like that. He's good like that, and he's gracious like that. He just says, lean in and show up. And sometimes we don't always know what to say when we show up. We just show up and let him do what he needs to do. And so I put all that together because I realized, you know what, God? You're a God of restoration. My mother and father, they would sit right here on the front row. I would tell you all of that junk, and to some people that would be a shock. But to my family, it's restorative. To my family, it's redemptive. The individuals that had molested me for all those years, one of them I just decided to make peace with. They made peace with it. It's kind of an unspoken thing, and that's okay. But another individual sat in one of my meetings over a decade ago, lifted their hand at the end of the meeting, accepted Jesus Christ, and repented for violating me for all those years. To me, that's restoration. So restoration will look different for you than it will look for me. So that's why we can't get in the comparison trap. It's going to be different for all of us. You're on your own Jesus journey. So as you're on your own journey, let's learn to take the pressure off. Let's embrace the grace. Can you just turn to your neighbor and say, embrace the grace. Embrace the grace that has been given for you. And then in my last closing point, to realize this, when we align ourselves with heaven, how do we do that? Through worship, through prayer, through staying dedicated, through staying committed, through sometimes doing the hard stuff when no one wants to do it. When we align ourselves and go, God, I don't have all the answers, but you created me and I trust you and I know you do. So you who started a good work in me, you're faithful and just to complete it. I don't have to overthink it, but I'm gonna lean in and let you do it. And when we're aligned, everything else in our life becomes redefined. And if we can just corporately say in the last few moments, say, Father God, I give you permission to have your way in my life. You are the Prince of Peace and not pressure. And I lean into you knowing you have the best for me always. And I choose to trust you with my journey in Jesus' name. Now, if you believe that, just you can thank the Lord, clap him, whatever you choose to do. But know the best for you is yet to come. Thanks for hanging out with me, and I look forward to seeing you at the end. 
Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Christine Martin. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.